So Elon Musk is going to start putting brain chips in humans. Now, he's already declared his intent to do so. But mm-hmm. Neuralink the other day just announced that it got FDA approval to begin human trials. So we have this tweet up here. We're excited to share that we have received the FDA's approval to launch our first inhuman clinical study. This is the result of incredible work. We'll get onto that later. By the Neuralink team in close collaboration with the FDA and represents an important first step that will one day allow our technology to help many people. Recruitment is not yet open for our clinical trial, so you can't sign up to it if you wanted to be a brain borg, but keep your eyes open. We'll announce more information on this very soon. So if we go to the next one, um, they in this eye reporting, they actually applied and were denied about a year earlier. So the company sought approval in 2022 and the FDA rejected the application. And seven current and former employees told this to Reuters in March. And we'll get onto the Reuters reporting later because there is actually a fairly legitimate reason as to why the FDA for once turned down a product which might harm people. Not that they do that very often. <laughs> I can say no more about that no on YouTube. No idea what you're on about. Yes. Yeah. Let's hope they don't make this a mandate. Though I, I do think, and this point has been raised by, by other shows and commentators, that just by the nature of technological advancement that Neuralink if it's working and other companies are developing similar stuff, which we'll mm-hmm. also talk about, it, it will become the new standard, much like the mobile phone was. So you couldn't get a job unless mm-hmm. you had a mobile phone or a laptop able to access Zoom for your meetings. Eventually, so, it's going to become a requirement to participate in the market. So being a psychologist, I find this kind of thing absolutely fascinating. And I have I followed this quite closely. I saw the, uh, it, it was quite a while back now, where they put Neuralink into a pig and they made it make a noise whenever it smelt something. So it was attached to its um, sensory processing centers. And um, I thought it was really cool um, on the pig. Yeah. But, but um, despite my interest as a psychologist, I am a bit concerned about how it's going to be applied. However, um, I think Elon Musk is right that we either need to blend with technology or be replaced by it. And it's, it's not something that I'm necessarily pleased about, as it's a scary notion, but he he has a point that if the, the world's population is going to remain as is, if we are to remain competitive with our own technology, we're going to have to get some of the benefits of it. Otherwise, we're going to have even fewer and fewer employment opportunities with either a, a slightly decreasing or static population at the very least, perhaps even increasing if mass immigration continues. So, coming from a man who has read and intends to do content on Ted Kaczynski's manifesto before, he would be ashamed of you. Well, I <laughs> I just agree that I like the outdoors, all right? <laughs> well, yes, but okay. I, 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 I certainly don't agree with his methods, by the way. I'm, I'm slowly coming around to the idea of the third option, which I just hope the Chinese EMP us before we do something even, even worse. Um, <laughs> because a lot of this tech and some of the developments I'm going to go over in this segment are going to alarm us. And so we we are at a fulcrum right now of where we could mm-hmm. use tech to facilitate more localism, more parochial communities, more off-the-grid living and having a, a local grid. Or we could be in the WEF's Robert Nozick experience machine, live in the pod, VR porn, eat the bugs. You are a human battery future of where you own nothing but are mm-hmm. owned. And, and so I... I see us moving more towards the second one. And so I'd like us to slow our roll a little bit, please. And I'd so by the end of the segment, I will be saying I won't be getting the brain chip. No, thank you. I'm certainly in no hurry. Um, yeah. I, if, if I, I don't think I'll ever get it at all. But if I were, I'd want lots of other people to get it first and to sound it out. Because my concern is that 
say it's connected to the internet, it can be hacked. It can be controlled by the government. This is what this is what like, Novel Harari has said about the concept of hackable humans, and he said there's no shortage of yeah, digital yeah. Stalinists for the next era. And uh, as a hack himself, I'm sure he would know. <laughs> Nice. Like that one. So the FDA actually issued a statement. Let's go to the Washington Post reporting. The FDA doesn't typically confirm approvals for human clinical trials, but offered a statement Friday. The FDA acknowledges and understands that Neuralink has announced that it its investigational device exemption for its implant R1 robot was approved by the FDA and that it may now begin conducting human clinical trials for its device, an agency spokesperson said in a statement. It is unclear when clinical trials might begin. A patent registry on Neuralink's website indicates that only patients with certain conditions, including paralysis, blindness, deafness, or the ability to speak, are eligible to participate. So it's going to be rolled out to the disabled first, which, depending on how the trials go, might look really bad. Because how they've gone with the animal trials, really bad. Mm. Um... Just some background information on Neuralink for people that aren't quite up to speed as, as we are. It was founded in 2016. It's a privately held firm in Fremont, California, and they're currently building another campus just outside of Austin, Texas, probably for regulatory and tax reasons, because Elon Musk is very sympathetic to that. It has over 400 employees. It has $363 million and counting in investment. The company has designed an electrode-laden computer chip to be sewn into the surface of the brain and a robotic device to perform the surgery. 64 tiny, flexible needle probes are inserted into the brain tissue at precise points, and it allows 1,024 channels of two-way communication between the brain and the computer chip. And so what they're trying to do is translate brain waves into actions that the computer can then pick up and then it can reinvigorate disabled or atrophied muscles and limbs or even allow you to control computers just by using your mm -hmm. thoughts. So yes, um, if you're talking of disabilities, mm. this technology is actually really promising for people who've had like serious spinal injuries yep. and they can't move. Like This could change their life. So we, we shouldn't be too negative about um, some of the implications of it, but I understand a sort of mass rollout thing that is kind of concerning. It's a sort of yeah. dystopian, Blade Runner-y sort of future that we might have. If it were to stop there, it would be perfectly acceptable. But much like the contraceptive pill, something that Louise Perry said before, if the contraceptive pill were, as it was originally designed, only accessible for married women to space between their children, then it would have had none of the unintended social and environmental consequences that it has. Mm -hmm. But because liberalism, self definition and the rate of technological expansion will inevitably allow people to uptake it and also make it a mandated requirement to participate in the market, then we're going to have lots of unintended social and biological consequences from people grafting a chip into their brain. Mm -hmm. Much like we're going to put this video on in the background and we can we can talk over it. Much like this. So this is this is where they've got to it with the monkey test so far. This was in April 2021. And as you can see here, there's a macaw and he has had isn't it a macaque? Or is it is a it? macaw? I don't know. It's not my cat because they're small, aren't they? I, I can't remember. Let's let our primatologists in the comment section correct us on that one. But so the Neuralink actually decodes his brain signals and allows him to eventually control the cursor on the screen to go between the the little coloured square without using the joystick. And the monkey doesn't realise this, so he's using the joystick at the moment to steer it between. So that gives the the programmers um, a sort of uh, data set to then put into the neural link to do it autonomously because obviously if he's moving the joystick his brain is lighting up and so the brain waves match up to the actions and eventually they unplug the joystick and though the monkey is still moving the joystick out of habit because he doesn't realise what's going on he isn't controlling it with his hand he's controlling it just by thinking of how to move his hand and he's being kept there in place the entire time by a feeding tube which gives him banana smoothies now I find this very interesting 
Um, he then goes on to later play Pong with his mind, and it's very rapid and very accurate. He's better mm -hmm. than most humans are. So um, it's worth pointing out a macaw, I think, is a parrot, and I, I think it might be a macaque. Okay. There are lots of different variants, but you know the monkey from Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes. That's also a macaque as well. So Thank you, I think Jack. there's a bit of variance there. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, great movies. Anyway, <laughs> so the reason this interests me, as we can see, is that human beings, much like the monkey, could hypothetically be incentivized to sit there and do certain tasks without one, realizing that they are passive actors in it, so they could be controlling the joystick without realizing it's not plugged in, and two, they could be incentivized to do it by having the hormonal or neurostimulant version of a banana smoothie feeding tube being pumped into their brain at the same time they're doing something. So if it's if it's grafted into your brain and, and across more than just the, the motion center, you could be being fed images, you could be being fed dopamine, and all the while, another part of your brain or your body and your DNA, which we'll get onto later, is being used for another purpose. Mm -hmm. So you could essentially be enslaved to your passions while also being used as human raw materials for whatever the economy likes. Yes, the the dopaminergic system, the reward system in the brain can very much be gamified. That's why, funnily enough, people get addicted to video games mm. is that um, it's a, a gamification of their brain's reward system. And it is very, very intrusive and it can have serious implications. But um, I can give you a bit of consolation right. um, if you're concerned about this, because the human brain is much, much more efficient in how it operates than any of our computational technology. Mm -hmm. And to to have something any, in any way comparable to um, how our brain functions, you would need like a massive, oh, <laughs> I just hit my microphone into my face, um, a massive sort of turban of technology above your head that would be so heavy and impractical that it wouldn't really um, work. And you're making a, a, quite the face there. We'll, we'll see how far the technology is coming. But also, if they're using you as the technology, then that does solve the data storage issue that would be required to to do the computational mm -hmm. processing. It is worth mentioning as well that human memory has an unlimited capacity. It's just your ability to recall things. So you could, in theory, store a, a near infinite amount of information. It's just your ability to recall said information. But imagine the power to interfere with that process and say it had external control. Um, then all of a sudden you could interfere and, and erase people's memories of certain like, events. Like, like Total Recall. Yeah, or, or Men in Black, where they have the Neuralizer. Little, yeah. 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 That that could be a reality. And that if if it was localized in a specific area, they could <laughs> governments could li literally put a chip in your brain that would make you forget things you weren't meant to see. Or which, augment your personality. <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually saying that as like a that's a serious thing that could happen in my lifetime. Yeah, it's a it's a robot lobotomy. Again, slightly concerning why we should be mass rolling out this technology if it the human trials are successful. So this is one thing I was concerned about. This is relating to the data storage issue. They're already looking at making human beings the batteries for our own memories or other data. And so this may be one role that they use if they're distracting you with dopamine stimulation and images while they're also using your body as a raw material. This is from, from Harvard Magazine. And they're looking at using DNA as a storage mechanism for code. I'm not going to become a human SSD. Thanks. That's exactly what they want. Yeah, yeah. Forget that. You're 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 a you're a meat data silo. <laughs> but we can build computers. There's no need. <laughs> um, it's just 
again, human beings are raw materials, so they're easier to produce than than technology. So by 2025, accumulated global data is expected to reach 175 billion trillion bytes, all of which could in principle be contained in less than 180 pounds of DNA housed within a 15 gallon drum. So they're talking about, you know, with synthetic meat and printing, of course, they're talking about creating barrel drums of flesh to store all the data in. Well, I'm not entirely sure whether you need flesh to store DNA because... I, I'm not sure whether you could store DNA in liquid because you know one of the the, the, the um, main explanations of how life evolved on on planet Earth is there was a, a primordial soup. Yeah. So it would seem that DNA formed in a liquid. So one would presume that if that holds to be true, then it can also live in in. I'm I'm not up to date with this. This is well outside of my my field of expertise. No, that, that, that sounds very plausible. But it's it's also okay. We we have a lot of raw materials just sort of walking around at present. And if you graft the neurochip into them, you can both distract them and use their body as the pre-existing resource, rather than having to invest in creating batches and batches of primordial soup. And also, if you're using them as the raw resource, then they can also use their own DNA to store the data that is currently distracting them. So it's like a feedback loop. Either way, it's horrifying. Yeah, it's just really dystopian. In October 2020, a paper in Nature and Communications, Church and colleagues described an advance that brings DNA information storage closer to com- commercial feasibility. They showed for the first time that DNA could be synthesized and information thereby encoded in an enzyme-facilitated process controlled by light. The team also demonstrated another first, the use of enzymes to achieve parallel synthesis of multiple DNA strands. They pulled two measures of music from a Super Mario Brothers game, digitized it, converted it into a DNA code, and then synthesized it. The DNA was then sequenced to decipher its code, redigitized, and converted back into a musical format. So you can you can literally have Mario in your DNA. Yeah, they can turn you into music. Okay, that sounds quite cool, actually, when you put it like that. No, no thanks. <laughs> it's like the, the quote from uh, Westworld, isn't it? Mozart didn't die, he just turned into music. Quite good. Yeah. Well, I like that. So it's not just meat in, in vats, it's also human meat puppets. So Microsoft, who I, who I trust to do everything good and well, thanks Bill Gates, they filed a patent and... Snopes has fact-checked this as saying Microsoft has not filed patent 666. It's worse. Microsoft patent WO2020-060606. So world order 2020-666. Come on. You're screwing with us now, right? That was definitely deliberate. Now this patent, and there's the the PDF version of this that we can go on to. So if we scroll down to, to pages one and two, it aims to explore a cryptocurrency which uses the human body as a proof-of-work system. So by using your physiological status, your your states of arousal, excitement, the movement of your eyes and your attention, in the same way that a computer can decode the blockchain, and that gives you Bitcoin, this can give you cryptocurrency by diverting your attention towards certain adverts, for example. Dear Lord. So it's um, like it's like in you know in fifteen million merits where he has to keep his eyes open in order to earn the merits in his mm-hmm. little video pod. Yeah, that that is one of the more harrowing ones as well. And it's also mm. worth mentioning as well. This would be excellent if you were an evil genius looking to implement some sort of social credit score, because uh, you could just make it rather than a social credit score, a literal credit score, and you could reward people financially. Or looking at certain things. That's the exact plan. Also, using you as 
another raw resource when you aren't conscious because they hypothesize in here that they can use human brainwaves while you're asleep to decode the blockchain. But when you're asleep, the reason you're asleep is because your brain is getting rid of chemicals in your brain mm. and it needs to be closed down to do that or at least certain parts of it. Obviously, when you dream, that part of your brain is, is working. So, one, the neural link will probably turn off your ability to dream. Two, <laughs> if it can stimulate you and keep you awake artificially while also using the other parts of your brain you're not using to farm cryptocurrency, it will. So the two could be integrated. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's actually genuinely horrible. Um, it, so it actually says here, Instead of massive computation work required by some conventional cryptocurrency systems, data generated based on the body activity of the user can be a proof of work and therefore a user can solve the com computationally difficult problem unconsciously. So you're not just a data battery farm, you're also a living computer so that Bill Gates can get more Bitcoin. This is horrible. Now, now, how, how does this link to, to Neuralink more specifically? Um, well, one of Neuralink's chief competitors in the space, and, and this might also mean that they don't have to wear the big tech turban, BlackRock. We go on to this next one. BlackRock have revealed Neurolance. So it's a, a 10,000 channel flexible lace structured chip. So it's a giant mesh carbon net that goes around all of your brain rather than being surgically grafted with pins. It's thinner than an eyelash. And it allows thoughts to control machinery. And because it can do that, it can also store thoughts as data for later, later recollection. So it can also cure dementia, but then also manipulate and selectively mm -hmm. recall or even induce memories at a time of the person who can remotely control its choosing. I mean, it would probably limit the impacts of dementia, but I'm not sure it would cure it because, you know, failure to recall memories is mm. the main symptom, the main yes. recognizable one. But it also comes alongside just general neural degeneration. That's yes. part of the reason why you can die from it. Yeah. Because of all, you, you can go around with complete memory amnesia. You get people with um, sort of traumatic brain injuries to their memory centers and they can't form any new memories, but mm. they can otherwise live a normal life. That's why it's a dangerous thing. Yeah, that's why they're looking into things like zebrafish's uh, self-regenerative stem cells to regenerate holes in hearts or for Parkinson's disease or dementia to actually cure the, the physiological That's actually very promising as well, and I hope they succeed. Yeah, so do I. But also, I'd be worried if they can use that to regenerate other parts of the body or even fabricate them. Again, technology always has a, a concerning... <laughs> transhumanist bent to it. If we go on to this next one, this is their promotional video for it, just so you can see, if we can play this please, how the lattice actually looks. It's very short, so it's genuinely microscopically thin. It's, it's very impressive if it mm. properly works, and they're saying that they're further along. The concern is though, they're further along because they have investment by BlackRock, the people that work with the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum, by the way, has an archived article on their website that you can access, which hypothesizes using sound wave weaponry to control your mind. So that's the direction that they're thinking of putting this technology in. But but okay, we'll, we'll try not to worry. So what if you if you are participating in the human trials? What if, what if you you don't really benefit from it? What if it goes wrong? Because currently the animal trials haven't been great for Neuralink. It turns out that they've they have a lot of dead monkeys. Uh, in a now-deleted blog post on its website, Neuralink addressed the recent articles that have raised questions around its use of re research on animals at the University of Carolina Davis Primate Center. 
The statement by Neuralink comes after Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, a U.S. nonprofit advocating alternatives to animal testing, sent a letter to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the USDA, referencing violations and requesting an investigation into what it called apparent egregious violations of the Animal Welfare Act related to the treatment of monkeys using invasive brain experiments. The Physicians Committee said in a press release on February the 10th, this was 2022, that UC Davis received more than $1.4 million in funding from Neuralink to carry out experiments on the macaque monkeys. The Physicians Committee said that records it obtained for the 23 monkeys using the experiments reflect a pattern of extreme suffering and staff negligence. Neuralink said the use of every animal was extensively planned and considered to balance scientific discovery with the ethical use of animals. But in a reference to the claims of euthanasia by the Physicians Committee, it stated that two animals were euthanized at planned end dates to gather important histological data, and six animals were euthanized at the medical advice of the veterinary staff at UC Davis. These weren't the only ones. Reuters spoke to some insiders, and again, we're taking this from Reuters, so take a pinch of salt because they get heavy investment from Bill Gates, and Bill Gates has shorted, uh, shorted Tesla stock, and he's clearly invested in trying to develop this technology for himself. So competing parties here, but not looking good if it is true. Reuters spoke to Neuralink insiders, and they're now facing a federal probe and pressure from lawmakers to investigate them because they held interviews with more than 20 current and former employees and looked at documents and found the company has killed about 1,500 animals, including 280 sheep, pigs, and monkeys, following experiments since 2018. That's a really high turnover rate in just five years. I think um, part of the reason that they use multiple at the same time is that you can't um, draw any conclusions from a sample of one, yes. really. So they need a, a large sample to see if it works in all instances, and if it doesn't work for specific ones, they can go digging to see the the, the problem. So in, in terms of animal testing, I know a little bit yeah. about it. I've never done it and I, I don't really have particularly positive feelings about it, yeah. although I um, understand the necessity of it. Um, but generally speaking, these labs do have a large population and normally they'll mm. calculate mathematically the, the bare minimum number of um, test subjects they need, test animals. Mm. Um, to try and minimise the harm. The, the problem is that the insiders are alleging that there's lots of poor planning, which has mm -hmm. led to an excess amount of deaths in the testing. So, so they've got some examples. I don't necessarily know how it works um, for a private company like this, but in the, wo the world of academia, you have an ethics board that has to approve your research. And so you, you have to have a very, very thorough plan before going through it. So this depending on the... The area. I don't know how this works necessarily. I, I believe the California regulations are a lot tighter than those in Texas, and this is why they're moving. But they have, and it, it is from what I've read, it sounds like they may have fallen afoul of the California law, and this is why they're being investigated. I'm not okay. saying that the California law is particularly good. I don't know it inside and out. I'm merely saying that some of the practices in here have made them liable for investigation, and that some of the practices in here seem to have resulted in avoidable deaths of lots of animals. That, that would have been circumnavigated with some better planning. Mm -hmm. And so it says, the mistakes leading to an unnecessary amount of animal deaths included one instance in 2021 when 25 out of 60 pigs in a study had devices that were the wrong size implanted in their heads, an error that could have been avoided with more preparation according to a person with knowledge of the situation and company documents and communications reviewed by Reuters. Now, they're not unique in the space for doing this. Synchron was launched in 2016 and is developing a different implant with less ambitious goals for medical advances. They received FDA approval to start human trials in 2021. The company's devices allowed paralyzed people to text and type by thinking alone. Synchron has also conducted tests on animals, but it has only killed about 80 sheep as part of its research, according to studies of the Synchron implant reviewed by Reuters. Musk approached Synchron about potential investment, Reuters reported in August. So 
obviously some of this is because the establishment press don't like what Musk has done with Twitter, but it seems that compared to the others investigating in the space, Neuralink are making a lot more mistakes in their testing and they're killing a lot more animals in the process. So it doesn't mm. bode well for their human trials. No, that's a, a fair point actually, isn't it? That if if this sort of methodology, which, I mean, getting the chips wrong and stuff like that, yeah. that's really, really fundamental stuff. I mean, that's the kind of thing where you would be looking at firing maybe an entire department. Yeah, and, and you want to be really careful if you're going to start implanting them in people that it's the right chip. Yeah, and it it should raise eyebrows here. If yeah. they're making all these mistakes in its development, then why would you want it in your brain? Pretty pretty good question. If we, if we just go to the next one, this is how they're facing the federal investigation. So con some congressmen, presumably Democrats, are asking for further investigations into the animal testing. The Department of Transportation is probing whether Neuralink illegally transported dangerous pathogens on chips removed from monkey brains without proper containment measures. So because they've taken them out of the brains of the dead monkeys for further study, it could be that there was a biohazard involved in there that they didn't go through the proper procedures to ensure that nothing could leak out. And also, Neuralink is under investigation by the USDA, um, Office of Inspector General, for potential animal welfare violations from the prior investigation. So this coincides this week with a group of AI experts. I think it's actually fair to call them experts. I just hate the term experts say at this point mm -hmm. because it's used to justify anything the regime already wants to happen. Warning regulators that there is a risk of extinction from AI on scale with nuclear war. And they also throw climate change in there, which roll my really? eyes so far back into my head, I can see the place in my brain where Neuralink will be implanted. So they say, as we grapple with the immediate AI risks like malicious use, misinformation, and disempowerment, the AI industry and governments around the world also need to seriously confront the risk that future AIs could pose a threat to human existence. Mitigating the risk of extinction from AI will require global action. The world has successfully cooperated to mitigate risks related to nuclear war. The same level of effort is needed to address the dangers posed by future AI systems. This is according to Dan Hendricks, director of the Center for AI Study. And some of the signatories of this statement include, but are not limited to, CEOs of AI labs, including Sam Altman, the head of ChatGPT, uh, Demis Hassabis, and Dario Amodi, three Turing Award winners, executives from Microsoft, OpenAI, Google, Google DeepMind, and Anthropic, but nobody at Meta, which is quite an interesting omission. Mark Zuckerberg mm. doesn't want everyone cottoning onto the fact that he's already a robot. <laughs> and the reason I raise this is because we recently did a, if you subscribe to the website, you get all of our content for as little as £5 a month and keep us on the air because obviously we are demonetized by YouTube. We recently did uh, an hour hangout on Biden's AI Bill of Rights and we went through all the legislation and how the World Economic Forum are setting the UK's regulation, how the Biden administration are allowing NGOs to manipulate the information that's fed into an algorithm, basically giving it an intersectional lobotomy, and how it has a pro-abortion bias, which means it has no objective infallible value placed on human life. And that's being baked into the AI algorithms that are going to be the operating system for something like Neuralink when it's going to be doing tasks for you. Mm -hmm. And so the worrying thing is, one, this is the regulatory framework. Two, the people in the space are asking for more regulation in this vein. Three, the chip uh, testing period may result in more human deaths because it's just not being done for properly. And four, even if it's successful, we're all going to be 15 million merit style pod people forced to look at adverts which super titillate us and being used as giant DNA battery farms. Super titillate. What a good word. There we go. So, <laughs> bit worrying. Not looking forward to the cyberpunk dystopia, but I'm not getting a brain chip. Thanks very much.
If you appreciated that segment from the podcast, The Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium content that's on the site, such as premium videos. This one on daycare will destroy the West. And if you want to find out what else is being put out, you can follow it on Getter at lotuseaters underscore com on Getter. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>